Hello, guten Tag. It's your favorite cum slut, Casey Coop, on Casey's Freak Show podcast, the podcast named after my neck tattoo that says freak that I'm getting lasered off, uh, but never fear. The podcast lives on. Um, today, I bring to you my coworker, April, aka Ashley Soltis. She's a dancer, a stripper. Yes, they're two different things sometimes. Um, a professional hula hooper, bartender, and coach. Uh, what I'm saying is she's cooler than me. This bitch. I'm so lucky to be graced with your presence today, Ashley, this Renaissance woman unicorn. Okay, enough of my bullshit. So welcome. Welcome in. Thank you. That was so sweet. I just like... I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) I'm happy to have you. I've been wanting you on for a long time. And I just... I already knew how interesting you were, but from perusing your social media for like hours yesterday, (laughs) it just like put the nail in the coffin. Is that... That's not the right term, but... Yeah, I I get what you're saying though. I'm, I'm like, glad. Wow. I was like watching you stalk me and I was like, "Oh no, what is my social media is all over the place." But it's just like it's me. well-rounded. It's me. It's yeah. well-rounded and I love it. I'm like, "Wow, we're kind of the same person." Like everything you post, I'm like, "Yes, yes, 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 yes." <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um so just to start out with, you do hula hooping, which for people that don't know, it's like you do all this like dance work with LED light up hula hoops. They when they spin, it makes different designs, and it's like the raddest thing. You dance at the club with them. Um, can you describe what that is and how you get got started in hooping? Yeah. Um, well, I've been a dancer for a really long time. Did ballet as a kid and all that stuff growing up in circus and all different kinds of things. So I've always just been dancing pretty much my whole life. But I think. Maybe about four years ago, I met like my idol, my love, Madison Orange, and she's an amazing hula hooper who's just been killing it forever. It's crazy. After I started in the club we work in, I discovered you all, this whole hooping community. Like, it's huge. The talent is unreal. I didn't know that was really a thing, but it's crazy. (laughs) Well, the funny part is for like a year, she was like, you have to hula hoop do the thing and I was like I have no I have no interest no thank you and I loved her like we were friends we were homies but I was just like that's not really my thing like I have a whole style I don't really dance with props like I don't get it I can't imagine you not having yeah exactly it's so funny now because she like knew much better than me and then uh, which is why we're best friends but yeah so eventually after about a year I was like okay cool like I want to get a hoop get pick out a hoop for me you know like what I need with the and lights all this and stuff. stuff yeah it's so and cool. I didn't have the really cool one yet because I was like I don't know what I'm doing and literally she owns a dance company and within three days of getting my first hula hoop she was like I have a gig for you you're working oh my this god Friday and <laughs> I was like what fun? are you talking about like I don't god. know what I'm doing at all and uh she was like you dance just dance and there will also be a hula hoop just <laughs> do that <laughs> and I was like what are you talking about? Because you see the tricks and stuff I knew now. And yeah. I literally just knew how to like hoop around my waist. And so then um, I went and I did that. And it was a humbling how experience. How long ago was that? That was like three years ago. I love the term humbling experience. It's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that whooped my ass. But here I am. Because that's how we learn. Like even getting into stripping. Like I'd been a dancer when I was younger. But to learn how to move in heels and on stage and in the way that we do is a totally different style. Yeah. And 
every baby stripper is awkward as hell at first. Like, we all are. Yeah. I mean, when I auditioned at my first strip club, I was literally shaking, and they played me a country song. Oh, of course. Wait, was that and in Oregon or Florida? In Oregon. And of course it was country music. Yeah. And I well, I'm just was like... Oh my god! And there was like one guy there who just threw a shit ton of money, and I was like, <laughs> "Thank you!" And they hired me, and they're like, "You'll figure it." Was out. that Portland? Yeah. Um. So I know you danced in a couple different states. Was it just mm-hmm. Oregon and California? Yeah, just Oregon and California. How do they differ? I always wonder because I'm from Oregon, but I just moved out here when I was 21, so I never got to dance up there. Well, I think what everyone says is true. Like Oregon is better um yeah it's better just, strip city it's just a whole different mentality up there and it's so more common and accepted and i think the treatment of you is different and people come in they know what's happening they know to throw money at the stage like i used to make a hundred dollars when i'd have one stage set wow you know what i mean just like <laughs> one can only dream throughout the night and then it's like people stood in line behind the people sitting at stage and threw money over their heads. Wow. And so to move down here and people are like, here's a dollar. Oh my, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what? Did you see that? You tip your barista more than a dollar. Like it is, it is, it's hard down here. My kind of idea is that there's so many hot, scantily clad women in LA in general that the guys aren't like thirsting for the strip club. Whereas, you know, in the fucking Midwest or even from Oregon, like you want to go and see some pretty girls get all naked. Yeah. And I think too, like, it's just a different mentality up there because all those girls are fucking chill and like we're lucky where we work but like the first club I auditioned in California like I didn't strip for the first year I was here because like I went and tried a couple places and I was like um okay that's not for me never mind (laughs) were they like kind of catty yeah, they were catty and just crazy. Like, I got secondhand maced in the dressing room as <laughs> the crazy girls. And I was like, this is not for me. Wait, what? Can you tell the story yeah. of being secondhand maced? Um, <laughs> I love the phrase. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to say it. But yeah, two girls were fighting, obviously. And you know how dressing rooms are. They're like in the back of the building. There's no fucking windows. It's a tiny room, like little door. They start actually physically fighting. They're like rolling around the ground. One girl grabs something out of her purse, like which no one really noticed at first. Well, wow, that's then slick. She's like, that's a slick fighter. Unloads the whole can of mace no. in the girl's face. But it's no. like there's like 30 of us in this tiny dressing room now trying to get out because the whole room is full of pepper oh spray. Oh my God. <laughs> like, what? you know, I'm so sensitive and allergic to anything. I like immediately had hives and like was just horrible. Like, yeah. Horrific. I saw one of our coworkers posted on Instagram the other day. She had this tiny, it was like a mock perfume bottle, but she didn't remember that it actually was like a secret mace spray so she sprayed it on her wrist and then she learned the harder she's like oh i forgot this is actually pepper spray she put it on as perfume i guess that's one way to keep guys away yeah for sure she's using it as actual perfume yeah i feel like i smoke too much weed i would definitely spritz myself with the pepper spray like i can't have that yeah i'm not i'm not responsible marked. enough for pepper spray no. <laughs> um so you also do fire spinning you do all kinds of tricks yeah. dude like you bring it at the strip club like thank you what other stuff are you into or how did you and fire spinning 
So it was kind of the same thing. I started hooping and then maybe a year into that, everyone was like, you don't fire spin yet? Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> what are you, basic? Now, so like, <laughs> come on. But every time, it was when I was still drinking. And so like every time I'd be like shit face drunk and I'd be like, I don't think today's the day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you catch your hair on fire. And I'm like frying on acid at a festival. Like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to wait on that. Not going to play with fire. And none of the props really interested me. And then I saw a specific thing called a rope dart and I was like what the fuck is that okay. I think I've seen it on your insta What's, yeah what, you, can you explain to people who don't know so if anyone's seen the movie Kill Bill and knows who Gogo is yeah, the little school favorite. girl Go-Go I was her this year for Halloween which I was love awesome. her but uh, what she uses the long chain with the ball at the end is technically a type of rope dart that's like the most pulp pop culture like reference that people know. Um, and so it's a type of martial arts that was like developed by Shaolin monks and it used to actually be like a dagger knife that oh. was poisoned at the end of it. And oh, so that's why it's called that. It, yeah, oh, when they know. would fight like hundreds of people to one because it's a 10 foot long rope with a poison thing. So anyone you even hit is going to die eventually. Um, Jesus. And so now we put a big ball at the end of it and light it on fire and dance with it. But because I have a ballet background, I kind of like do my own thing to an extent because most people are very like martial arts style. Oh, really? With it. Yeah. yeah. Yours is really like cute. I don't know. I hope oh, that's not you. condescending. Yeah. It's like <laughs> no, adorable it's and it's like, but it's sexy and it's raw because it's fucking fire. Um, <laughs> where do you, besides our workplace, where do you perform? So kind of all over, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I'm a part of the Burning Man community. And so there's like, I saw you got to dance at like a big ass stage. Oh, yeah. Camp question mark. Yeah. Home. Um, But yeah, so events all over the city and festivals and stuff. There's like a lot of underground burner events going on and kind of things like that. I used to do a lot more like club, like nightclubs and kind of corporate gigs, but I just... It's gig life is like very demanding and it's just like running around all the time buying new costumes. It's just like it's like burlesque life or something like that. It's just like a lot of investment. And for me, it wasn't like super creatively fulfilling. And so, yeah, I more prefer like doing the festivals. Just doing festivals kind of for fun. Yeah, because you're at a lot of them. Yeah. And I do choreography. And so it's nice for me when someone's like come do your thing whereas like a lot of these corporate gigs are like you are cute girl number seven now yeah this thing and i'm like and then doesn't like everyone wear the same kind of outfit that maybe isn't your style yeah or super flattering or just whatever like i feel like i'm 30 and so i've been dancing for a really long time and i kind of feel like I'm at this point where I'm like you can say no to things like you don't have to take every job god i feel if it doesn't like fulfill you like "Hmm." Whatever. I totally... It's so funny how many of my female friends were telling me, oh, once you hit 30, you won't give a shit anymore. And this is for years. I've heard this. And I'm going to be 30 this year. And I already just feel like I'm there. Like, I don't (laughs) care about anything that feels... Unless it feels real to me, I don't care what people's opinions are about what I'm doing or not doing or even just getting, like, my neck tattoo removed. There's so many people, like... Like, sort of making me feel like I'm selling out when really I'm just sick of the tattoo and the responses to it. But I just don't... I just don't care what people think anymore. I'm just going to go ahead and do what feels right in my heart. Well, and that's the thing. It's like changing is not necessarily selling out. Like we should be changing. We should be evolving. We should be growing. Things should be different. If you knew me two years ago, you don't really know me. Oh, same. And so it's kind of like 
even people don't see me for six months and they're like, wow, because I do yes. like I put work in. I like, feel the exact yeah. same way. And that was something I wanted to ask, like I had prepared was you're kind of like me and that I feel like you're always seeking to evolve and like grow as a person, which is kind of rare. Yeah. <laughs> Not to stroke my own ego. It's just but it. Some people I talk to, like old friends that I haven't seen in a couple of years, like they're the exact same. They're the oh, same. Yeah. I've outgrown them. It's kind of awkward because maybe our relationship used to be that they sort of talked down to me and that was our relationship. And I let that happen and I fed that in some way. But now they're sort of like like people don't know where they stand with you when you evolve. Um, what kind yeah. of stuff do you do to like grow and challenge yourself as a person? Like I know you said you wanted to start your own podcast about that. Yeah. So I'm definitely launching my own podcast next month, which I'm really excited Yay. about. Um, so I've been doing interviews and stuff because it's going to be like semi-documentary style, like planned out a little bit ahead of time and stuff like that. So and I also want to learn to like produce and edit and do all that stuff Yay. myself, which is taking me a, a long time because that's not my strong point but I'm sure you'll learn it yeah for sure but I definitely like I love reading I'm a total bookworm and nerd like I got audible last year and I love it because it's just like when I'm cleaning my house I don't have to pay attention I have a lot of books on and like so there is a lot of self-development stuff to that but mostly like what I'm interested in is science and so I read a lot of like research studies um and kind of like behavioral science that comes out, social sciences, that kind of thing. Because that's really interested to me. interesting to me, like how your brain is actually working, how everything, your neurons are firing, how that works, like replacing bad habits. Just like, how does it actually yes. work? That's what interests me more than someone being like, just do your affirmations yeah. every day <laughs> and everything will be cool. I know. It's like, I know. No, I have to do things too. And I have to learn, like for me, that helps. I me love that. I think better. that there's a totally different route for everyone to mm -hmm. just evolve and grow as a person. And I think as long as you're taking one foot in front of the other and trying, that's really what matters. I just find that, I don't know. I've outgrown a lot of friendships these last couple years. And it kind of makes me sad. Like there's a part of me that feel like that feels like I'm having a million little breakups with friends. Yeah. But I just I can't be sucked down so much anymore. Or if someone's like super negative, I really keep it at an arm's length. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything's just shifting and changing. Or maybe I just got a, got a dog now and I'm like, I just want to hang out with my <laughs> dog. dog. <laughs> like, For sure. A hundred percent. I'm dog life. I'm I know. obsessed with my dog. But I think like I I go through that too where I have a lot of guilt because I'm not I'm a super anti-commitment person also. So sometimes when I kind of let people go, I'm like, oh, am I not like facing something? Am I just oh. like blocking it out? Like I have a lot of like where I go back and forth with that. Mm. But so that's like where I get really unsure with those and it like makes me kind of in insecure. But it's always kind of like at the end of the day when I get the to the resolution of how I feel about it it's usually I'm in the right it's kind of like you're holding me back you're bringing negativity yeah. like you're trying to dim my shine I totally yeah. and I definitely have new friendships now um, especially female friendships mm -hmm. that are way more constructive and healthy but a part of me I think just wants to cling to the past and it's yeah. hard to let go of it's old friendships yeah because I do have new friends that are a lot healthier and I love that you said about like having these people dim your shine and is it you not coping and I feel the same I've, I've found that when I started stripping 
that I met my people in the strip club yeah. because it was suddenly this group of women, at least specifically where we work, because I don't really know any other place, um, who were all just doing the damn thing in their own way that they weren't threatened by one another. Yeah. Whereas just so many of my female interactions before that, I felt that people were just trying to bring my shine down because I'm very loud and, you know, extroverted and creative and bright. And like, it's so nice being our strippers because I really don't feel that co- competitiveness that people would think that we have in a strip club. Oh, all the time, guys are like, oh, there must be so much drama. And I'm yeah, like, because like, not- you guys are fighting over oh. us is what they think. Yeah, I think any group of people that spends a lot of time together, like occasionally rub each other the wrong way or get frustrated. But like, in general, our group of girls is so chill and we all get along and we all support each other. And I think it does help that we're like pretty diverse. So it's like, we aren't stepping on each other's toes in any way like you being awesome in this way is the way that you're awesome and I'm awesome in my own way like each girl and kind like, of has her own style of dance of personality and looks or costume mm-hmm. that it's just like where we just put on a show and it's really cool I think the guys always ask because male customers ask those questions a lot yeah. too I think when they ask that it feels like they want me to stroke their ego and be like yeah we're fighting over you like that's what they want to think is like you guys must really they want to they want us to fight over them it's like no honey like we don't (laughs) give a shit like we really don't well my like least favorite is when a guy starts like dissing another girl to me oh it's the worst and I'm always like no like she's amazing and these are all the things that are amazing about her and if you don't like her like everyone has to type or a style or a preference and that's totally fine but that doesn't take nothing's wrong with that other person that you don't like she's just not for you yeah you don't have to say anything about it because who cares I really think that the guys just want us to put each other down that they're trying to egg it on because you're right so many dude customers will sit with me and point to a girl and be like do you like her do you not like her or just like that girl did this so that like egg me on to shit talk her and I'll be like I think she's really pretty (laughs) or I'll be like actually I really like her dance or whatever it is you know because they really the guys really want to egg on that negativity and I totally think that's like a power structure thing happening that they're like they want to it might even be subconscious they don't know they're doing it but they want to feel secure right at the top and know that everyone beneath them is just quarreling and pulling hair amongst themselves well yeah I definitely think that uh, the stereotype of catty women and women not supporting each other is like a type of internalized misogyny that was meant to suppress us and oppress us and to keep women for a very long time Mm -hmm. from coming together because you were taught that that woman could take away your livelihood or somehow affect your status or Mm -hmm. life or value in the world because Mm -hmm. she is younger or prettier or Mm -hmm. thinner. And it kept women fighting each other instead of fighting what for, our, for yeah. where we belong in society. Like actual oppressors. And exactly. So- and I think it's so ingrained in us that like whenever it comes out in me, I'm always kind of like surprised because I always think I'm above it. Mm-hmm. But it's very internalized in all of oh, us yeah. since we're kids. So we like even me like nowadays, what I've realized is if there's a girl at the club I don't like, usually I have to break it down in my head and be like, okay. This is just me being jealous she makes more money than me. This is just mm-hmm. me being jealous she gets more attention than me. And I've actually made it like like legitimately a, an actual effort to 
talk to that girl, like whichever girl it is at that time that maybe I'm like subconsciously jealous of. But it might, you know, I rationalize it like, oh, but she's doing something I don't like. She's being too extra. (laughs) But then I've gone out of my way now like, no, Casey, you have to like get over this because this is your internalized misogyny. Go talk to her and be Mm -hmm. fucking nice. And then suddenly I see her as another human and I don't feel like, you know, I don't judge her anymore. No, I totally agree with that because I think to like I think you're similar to me that like I was a tomboy growing up and I got along with guys and I totally bought into the whole thing that like masculine is power and strong and good and women are crazy and whatever (laughs) and we should all hate them and so it took me a long time to be like I'm meeting all these awesome women like why do I keep acting like I don't like women or I don't whatever and so a lot of that carries over now where like I do catch myself where I'm like oh well fuck that girl and then all of a sudden I'm like hold on why do I actually feel that way like what Mm -hmm. is broken inside of me that she's rubbing up against because it's not about her. It's about something inside of me. Exactly. It's always something like, inside me. Yeah. It's and then not I'm like, about oh, her. I'm insecure about this thing. Yeah. So that really bothers me that it's thrown in my face. But she's not fucking doing that. <laughs> she's not like trying to do anything malicious or me like we're all just living our lives you know and I think everyone's just trying to be their best otherwise they'd be better that's Mm -hmm. a that's like um a quote I've heard before is like everyone's trying their best and so if someone rubs you the wrong way it's like yeah this is something wrong with me because they're 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 doing their best and even if it's not what I like I have a level in my head that people should be perfect at like but they're human um and growing up I like my family, I have brothers and a dad and my mom was raised by her brothers and dad. And she, I think, has a ton of internalized misogyny that she'd project all over me. Like she was just like very specifically abusive to me and would and like give preferential treatment to my brothers. And so it was like, yeah, growing up in like a household that was just like male, male, male girl is bad And I think my early female friendships, like the toxic ones I kind of referenced earlier, was because like I had a lot of mommy issues. So the girls that I would get close to were equally as toxic as my mom and mean to me. And then I would try to like still make them like me. It was just it's kind of like I was just like reenacting my like my relationship with my mom. I'm the same way. So my mom was totally the same. Like just nagged me my whole life. Yeah, we don't get along. We don't really communicate very well. and so, but I have an older brother and me and my dad and we're all three very similar and got along very yes. well. And so I grew up like, but then even like one of my close friends always is like, you have mommy issues. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know. You're okay? like, I understand. I, I'm aware. And like, for sure, my last long-term relationship, like at some point I like looked at him and I was like, oh. <gasps> You're my mom. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, wait, your ex, your ex. Yeah, my ex. Oh, my God. So you <laughs> talked in private to me about this, but you said that he was kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask, and I know you're, you've been dating around. Like, how has that been going? And has he affected your dating experiences now? Because you guys were together for a while, right? Yeah, we were together for like four years. It's a long ass time. I know. Wow. For sure. Um. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing as, like, when we first broke up, I definitely was like, he did all these things to me. But then eventually you're like, I did all that shit to my fucking self. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I think it was like a good learning experience and like realizing like, oh, I am reliving this like relationship with my mother of like trying to get approval from people who are definitely not going to give it to me. Who are not going to give it. It's like going to the dry well for water is what I yeah, look at it as. That's a great, yeah, that's great. Um, and so it it took me a while and it's like we've been broken up for over two years. And Has I've, it already been that long? Yeah, already. And I've like casually dated people, but I really did take my time where I was like, I, I'm the same, so I can't start something until, like, I have figured have this out changed. because it's going to be the same thing. So I really took my time. And I think, like, I'm such an independent person. I do really well on my own. Like, when I when I commit, I commit for a long time, but I also take really long breaks in between it. And so I am, like, dating and open to it. But I don't set a lot of time aside for it, and I don't have a lot of patience for it. No. And, like, (laughs) even the last time someone I was, like, kind of interested, like, asked me on a date, I'm so used to getting asked on dates right away, and I don't really like people until later, and I don't really think about it at first. And people typically, like, ask me before I've ever thought about it. Like, You mean, like, when they first meet you? Yeah, like, within the first few conversations they're like I'd like to take you out sometime and I don't have a lot of free time and then I'm like no and then later I'm like maybe that was a yes <laughs> I think like whoever but, is, like I wasn't ready yet <laughs> so like it's just kind I of think a, whoever is meant to be it'll yeah, just work sure. out because like I'm busy as fuck too and I think a lot of us in LA are but I think if it really feels right like it just works out somehow. You just like squeeze in the time. You fi- yeah. For sure. But it, like when you're trying to date multiple people and that's kind of like what I'm talking about when someone like asks me, you, you know, I'm kind of like, I-, I don't know if I should make the time to have a first date with you. Like not to be snotty, but you do get a barrage of guys. In I know because you bartend and yeah. you dance and like the festival scene, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Dude, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I can't. I don't even know how to like. I don't ever like to turn guys down by saying I'm in a relationship because that makes the precedent like another yeah. man owns me, and it's For definitely sure. no secret. I'm so open about my relationship, but I don't like that being the reason. You know, yeah. I always be like, no, like no, and you should because respect I don't my answer. Want to. Exactly, like, that should be enough. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back soon. Thanks. Hello, this is Casey Coop at Meltdown Comics at 7522 Sunset Boulevard on their amazing network. Um, And it's Mason's last day as producer. My heart is breaking, but we have an awesome new producer, Max, that I'm stoked about. Um, And today I'm sitting with April or Ashley, my friend from work. And, you know, we... We're starting to really get into the topic of internalized misogyny before the break. And I actually want to pick it back up because you and I were both writing and posting similarly on Facebook about the Aziz Ansari Mm -hmm. um, situation recently. And I saw a lot of women take his side and made me really fucking sad. Um, Why do you think so many women are defending Aziz in the situation? Well, I think there's... You know, people are different. So there's a lot of different (laughs) reasons, obviously. But I think a big part of it is also in certain parts of America. Like I've lived on the East Coast. I've lived a bunch of different places. And it's 
to believe that misogyny is this bad and oppression is this bad, it's like a disempowering feeling that I think a lot of women like don't want to identify with. They're like, fuck you. I'm a strong woman. I can do whatever I want. Like, you can't tell me I can't. Yeah. And so it's like this idea of like they don't want to admit, I think, even to themselves to a certain extent the position that they're actually in. Right. And I think as women, we're like more prone to blame ourselves and blame. We're taught to. Yeah. And so for sure, I think also that's part of it because we just go, well, like I'm here because of my mistakes and when I did wrong or this happened to me because. We're totally trained to do that. And every woman I know, she always does that. I made a tweet a long time ago that got a lot of circulation. It was essentially like, um, when women are rejected, like, it's like, oh, I'm the worst. What did I do wrong? Yeah. And then when men are rejected, they're like, women are the worst. They did a lot wrong. You know, yeah. that's like our experience <laughs> of rejection is like we blame ourselves, guys blame the other. Um, And I liked what you posted or reposted. It was a girl who kind of wrote out the Aziz situ- situation, um, except replacing it in gender role and with money instead of sex. Um, yeah. Like it, like a guy like putting his wallet on the table and the girl just takes out a few bucks and and he and he's like don't make me hate you and she's like ha 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 and she just takes out the money and then like leaves and then later he texts her like I don't like what you did that you yeah. took money from me but that's exactly what happened you just put it in sexual terms for sure and like I think even a little bit worse because we all like do live in a world where assault on women is like very common and so like a woman taking money out of your wallet there's like kind of you don't have a fear of like fighting her back. But when you're alone at a guy's house and he's pressuring you and making you feel uncomfortable, you're like, already uncomfortable and he mm-hmm. doesn't care. So you're already in the situation of like, this guy doesn't fucking care. And now I'm going to be confrontational with him yes. alone here. Like what could happen, you know? And My you don't fr- know that girl's story before then either or her friend's stories that she grew up like hearing about. And now she's in this situation where she feels really unsafe. And she's expected to be the one to draw a firm boundary where his boundary should have been. I only want to be with people who are very enthusiastically. Yes. Saying yes. Yeah, exactly. It's on him. Um, My friend wrote a really brilliant tweet about that. That was like basically saying if every woman did what they're asking us to do in that situation, which is scream out no and run out the door, then the guy would be like like defensive and like whoa whoa you what are you even insinuating that I'm doing here which I've seen a million guys do yeah. to me um and then tell the mutual social circles of people what you did like she ran out what a crazy bitch and I've heard guys talk about like you know when you're like the only girl in a group of guys which which happens you know yeah. you hear guys talk as if you're not there and I've heard them talk like oh and then she did this crazy thing and like locked me out or like she like they make the girl sound so fucking insane when yeah. it's like you're fucking begging us to draw a boundary and then when we do you're like oh I wasn't trying to do anything it's yeah. so I, I see through that shit like it's fucking translucent and it's so like I think some people know exactly what they're doing and I think some people are so ignorant to like what we actually face and experience on a daily basis that they just don't they, oh, they, they don't. don't fucking get it they're like why is she acting like that and mm-hmm. it's like because you have no empathy for my entire life experience 
experience, which is more than mm-hmm. this moment with you. And you're saying, yeah, but I'm not that guy. I'm but the how the guy. fuck do I know that? <laughs> yeah. Until you prove that to me and you're not proving it to me in this moment, you know? Right. And also I think there's the to to be said something to be said about girls who do date and sleep around more mm-hmm. um you know where i'm from some girls get married right out of high school yeah. or just have one or two boyfriends their whole life but you and I, I'm sure, have had a lot more experiences going home with different guys, different one night stands and, and whatnot. And you just you see more of the filth as in guys who don't respect your boundaries, who take advantage of you, etc. Yeah. So if you've only been with one or two guys, you'd probably and maybe they are good guys. and Maybe mm-hmm. you're from a small town or whatever. You know, you wouldn't understand that, like, this is like a huge problem. For sure. And I think that is true. Like a big portion of America does kind of we live on the West Coast. Things are more liberal. People get married later. Like we do things on our own time. But we are a little bit in our own world over here. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so different. And so, you know, you have to take into consideration that those women are having different life experiences. And also for some of them, too, it's like. Seeing shitty men is all they've ever seen, so they don't really even acknowledge that it's a oh, problem because it's just they're kind just of the like, norm, well, yeah, like my dad beats the be shit boys. out of my mom, but whatever. That you know, it's like it's normalized because you have a very small sample of people. It's so the boys will both. be boys mentality. Yeah, for sure. Like, well, they're pieces of shit, so that's just <laughs> how it is. Uh, just deal with um, it. <laughs> you know what? I'm just sick and tired of seeing so many guys on Facebook post like things like, well, I guess I'll have to have her sign a waiver before I kiss her. Like, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Why, why are guys getting so defensive about sexual assault and harassment allegations, do you think? Well, Especially with the Aziz case. I've seen guys come out of the woodwork oh, to just be, like, sure. defensive. There have been some deletes on my part. I'm trying so um, hard not too but there's been some blocks <laughs> there has been and I try not to too because I totally like agree with you and I love your social media as well like every time you post something I'm like can I share everything she writes <laughs> like is that fucking creepy um, but I'm just like yes and so I feel like guys like they come out of the word work but the problem for me is like I have been assaulted by men mm. and so there is a certain level where when a guy's saying something where I'm like if that's literally how you think I don't feel safe around no. you and I don't feel safe with you knowing where I am or what I'm doing or no. who I'm with and so there you know my Facebook I post what I'm doing and things like that Instagram stuff so oh yeah there is a, you delete them so I don't see yeah, yeah so I often do uh block someone if they say something extreme or whatever because I'm just like I don't want you to be a part of my life that I'm worried about. Totally. I get it. And like, I feel like with this situation with Aziz and this girl is it's more nuanced. And like (laughs) some people have pointed out, it's like he did as much as he could get away with doing without it, either being illegal or just outright charged as like he did wrong. Um, But it's nuanced. And I think the situation like, Like I said, the reason I didn't block everybody, because I block people all the time, I don't give a shit, um, is because I want them to just be fed a little bit of like, you know, a liberal woman's point of view on this, Um, even if it, it upsets them and challenges them. I, I want them to understand that there's nuance in situations, not yeah. black or white. And it's that gray area where guys, you know, pressure women to do things they don't want to do. And then that is what rape culture is. Rape yeah. culture isn't always outright rape. Um, there's like all of these like 
steps in between, right? Mm-hmm. And I want guys to understand that it's like not a black or white situation. For sure. And I think that's like a huge issue too that people don't realize, um, which I've been trying to drive home with these guys because I'm the same. I try and leave people on. There are the exceptions though. But I think like, so that's a gray area. But think about it from the perspective of the, if that woman has already been assaulted. Oh, God. Now think of a woman in that situation. Now she's feeling pressured. She's afraid. She's back in her trauma. Re-traumatized. And so I think when the majority of women have been assaulted in some way, we kind of have to look at it as the nice guys who think it's not a big deal don't realize what they're triggering in women who've Mm -hmm. already been through a lot. So it's like we're dealing with a lot of traumatized women who are trying to move through that trauma and live a normal life and Mm -hmm. not feel afraid and feel comfortable and feel secure and feel safe and not feel pressured. And that's like a whole other thing. I feel like, why don't you just say no? Well, some people are afraid. Some people have experiences that make them afraid to do and so, think, and you shouldn't put them in that position. I think both her actions and her words were, she pretty. She told him she didn't want to, so yeah. that, that's a no on, in my opinion. I think it's clearly a no. She said, I don't want to hate you. Don't pressure me to do this. And so don't fucking pressure her. Yeah. Don't, don't like start humping her ass in front of a mirror, you dumbass. Like, <sighs> to, like no is no. no you know what no. I mean? And I think... Like how guys are like, oh, does she have to like sign something for me to hook up with her now? It's like um, if she's enthusiastically wanting to hook up with you, then go ahead. That's yeah. that's that's a go ahead. Girls want to fuck like we're horny. Like oh. we want to. And we'll show you that. We'll yeah. totally like, you know, we'll show you we're interested. Just don't pretend to be naive. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's like it's like faked naivety. Like, but I wasn't sure. Like you knew. But I think, too, there is like a culture because I do remember growing up and seeing a lot of stuff where like the girl is supposed to be, you know, virginal. So girls should say no the first few times. Oh, and then, the, yeah. The guy has the to guy, like get it out of her. Yes. He has to earn it. And so I do remember Ugh. that kind of like trope being tossed around. And so I do think that is like also a part of it as guys are like, oh, she's just doesn't want me to think she's a slut. And it's she's like, no, I don't coy. fucking like you. I don't want you to touch me. Get away. You're right. You that know? is something oh we God. learned was like, play coy, play hard to get. Yes. Oh, my God. Ew. Yeah, I guess that's some messy stuff. But I think the new language on the situation is if it's not an enthusiastic yes, then it is a no. It, it, yes, 100%. Just play it safe, boo. Play it's it safe. It's just so creepy to me. I would not want to have sex with someone who was like, meh, kind of into it. I guess. Yeah. Like, even when a guy I, has not. It doesn't seem like fun at all. I want a guy to like be head over heels. And like, even if a guy like that I was about to hook up with didn't compliment me when I was naked, I'd be like turned off. Like, you need to be more into this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want someone who's like, sure. Yeah. I want someone who's I, like having the best day of their I life. I guess if you keep bothering me, I'll fuck you. <laughs> like, um, so I'll ask you the question of the hour. What does being free mean to you? Um, I think being free is like being free of shame and doubt. And uh, I mean, especially as women, I think there's a lot of like 
internalized self-monitoring that goes on and just sort of like letting that go and do what you like. I think that people get stuck in traps of who they're supposed to be, who people expect them to be, who they were before that they have to live up to. And it's like people can be multifaceted. You can like a bunch of different things and you can change and you can grow. And I think being free is just like embracing whatever your truth is right now. Oh, my God. You couldn't have said any better. I feel like I've always... I was just talking um, to a friend about this the other day, how I've always felt like pressure to fit into one box. Mm -hmm. And even with the stripper thing, like, oh, but you can't want a desk job or, you know, or even (laughs) when I got into stripping, people are like, you can't do that. You're a comedian and in in a boy's world. So you can't go be sexy. And it's just like my whole fucking life. Like you can't be funny, but also write poetry on the internet it's just like you have to be one thing and I always rebelled against that because it's just against my nature to be one thing and I I think it's against all of our natures for sure I mean I mean it's proven I feel like your lifestyle is totally like that where it's like just so interesting and you do it all no matter fucking what yeah and I think that's like who I am I just I like novelty I like new things I like learning about new things I like trying new things I play a bunch of instruments I've moved around I've done every job under the sun like I just want to try and see me too everything there is and sometimes I try it and I'm like oh that was not, <laughs> not for me I don't like that um but sometimes you're like yeah that's great and yeah. so it's like but yeah I'm the same I want to be able to wear a floral dress and fucking like run around and be rowdy with the boys at the yes. same time yes. and like not be held up to like any expectation of how I will be today or tomorrow or the next day. Awesome. Yeah. You just got back to from Europe a little while ago yes. that you traveled around by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, how was traveling alone? What did you take from it? Oh, my God. It was so much fun. I'm a very independent person, so I do tend to travel on my own a little bit, like even just road trips around America and different things like that. Um, and even like festivals and stuff. Everyone's like, I'll see you at the end because you're just going to go on your own. I used to always do that. I'd show up to festivals with friends and the moment we got the doors, I would purposefully lose them. Yeah, they're just like, bye, because they know I'm not coming back. I'm like, I, I go to the make... bathroom. They're like, no, you're yeah, not. You're gone. I did that and I'd always make new <laughs> friends like for like an hour and like, it was so much more fun. That's what I think. Like when my friends kind of helped me back back then. <laughs> you are clicky and you, just you guys hang out but when you meet new people, it's like very fluid. Like you might yeah. hang out with them for seven hours and it might be the best fucking yeah. thing. You might have a 30 minute conversation. That's awesome. And you move on. And there's I no like that. anxiety of like, oh, you're leaving. Oh, what's going on? I ended on? up on like a random guy's shoulders at one festival. And, you know, none of my friends would have put me on their shoulders. Yeah, I was sure. just like, this is so fun. Like, this is a stranger. I love this. Exactly. And so the same thing with traveling around Europe. I totally did the hostel thing and was just like, I'm going to fucking meet people. Like, I'm friendly. Like, I can do this. And so uh, it was really great. I met so many people where I don't think I would have, like, done that if I would have been with a group of friends or whatever where like every day I would just like meet someone there or meet another tourist from somewhere else and we'd be like what's that's so cool what are we doing I think stripping has given me that that confidence to talk to anyone for sure I can like kind of get on anyone's level because of it like you just learn (laughs) to or at least kind of shut up long enough to just let the other person 
be themselves around you. It's cool. Stripping has totally given me that. For sure. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, like the Nordic countries are known. They're very stoic. They don't really talk to strangers. You're not really oh. supposed to walk up to them. And sit. like at some point I walked up to a guy and asked him for directions and he flinched and walked away and Whoa. didn't say a word. <laughs> really? just, because to them, like what we see like insane people do, like the, to them, that's what nuts people do. Like walk up and talk to strangers. <laughs> and so like I was only in Sweden for 26 hours and the first 12 no one talked to me who was not contractually obligated by their job to do so. And then at some point I like walked into the bar and I sat down and I had a, I ordered a beer. And so the guy obviously heard my voice, knew where I was from. And then all of a sudden I hear him go, hey. And I was like, oh, person is talking to me. That's crazy. And he was from Sweden, but he had just lived in Spain for like three years. So he was like more oh, friendly and stuff. And then yeah. I was literally supposed to go do all this stuff. And I was like, never mind. What are you doing? And I followed <laughs> him around for the rest of the time. Was that, that spent- the guy you end up having like a fling with? Yes. Well, one of them. Wait, wait, wait. But I thought you said kind of like you had like oh, a mini falling I, in love well, over there, there. That totally happened. But that was later. This was my first day of the trip. Oh, my <laughs> so God. I had literally like left L.A. less than 20. 24 hours ago and was just like raging but yes we did have a little fling i had sex in four out of five countries so did you really yeah i felt very accomplished by the time i got to iceland at the end i was like i don't care anymore i'm tired how is um the foreign (laughs) dick great i personally prefer uncircumcised so i was like me too they're so much easier it works way better that's i know that's how it's supposed to work um and so it was great um you know mixed mixed reviews but i did yeah wow i I didn't realize in poland and germany with one guy who was the same yeah did you actually end up in a cop car yeah i did no i thought that was a joke yeah no i actually did no you did not how i closed a bar <laughs> um so in sweden they have like this really fun thing where it's really um, fun thing. oh god so at first these guys take me to bar mind you i hadn't drink in 20 months i'm not an alcoholic I and i did drink in europe because i just don't drink in general because i'm like not motivated but in europe i was like fuck it so they take me to this bar and these cops keep coming through like a bunch of them like every 30 minutes and i was like what is going on and they're like it's illegal for bartenders here to serve people until they're drunk and so if anyone gets really hammered they close the bar down and kick everyone out of the bar so no one pays their tabs or anything (gasps) like the bar gets closed down for the night they just kick everyone out immediately and the bar like gets a penalty well, the bar was serving me absinthe, which was the first time <laughs> I ever had that. Um, over in Europe, don't they do like 20 different, or just a ton of different flavors? On yeah, it? exactly. Lemongrass one. That was my weakness. I was like, give me all that. Um, and <laughs> You're like, I need the healthfulness and yeah. the absinthe. Um, and so, yeah, we blacked out. And um, <laughs> it was like the hangover, though. So it started with like me and 12 dudes. And at like 530 in the morning. 12 dudes? Yeah. Well, because I met the one guy and he was like going to meet his friend so I was like I'm going where you're going and then (laughs) so at like 5 30 in the morning I sort of like come to where I'm like where's my purse and (laughs) it's me and three of the guys left hanging out in my hostel living room and they're like oh you threw your purse over in there and I'm like okay cool how did we get here 
and no one knew. And then I was like, I didn't pay my tab. Like I have no money missing. Like no one. And we had to like slowly figure out this mystery over the day and piece it all back together. Where's my other sober people of like, yeah, you guys were so shit faced. They closed the bar down and then the cops took you home because it was like so late. So of course me knowing I had to catch a plane in the morning, I was like, we're going to my hostel. And so we all were were like, the next day. Yeah, I was. It was a layover that was built into my flight. So I was actually only in Sweden for 26 hours. And I had sex and blacked out and was in a car and closed a bar. Solid so Europe trip. Like Solid Europe trip. Sweden's taken care of. Got that. That was check, good. check. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, good for you. I like always, I love doing shit alone, but I haven't traveled alone. So I admire that a lot. Yeah. You should um, try it. But I, Maybe one day. Mm-hmm. I like I go to movies alone and people think that's weird. I don't know. People are losers. I love doing stuff alone. I do too. I'm the same. So you've talked about being bi. Yes. But it's harder to meet girls because you don't know who are lesbians or bi. Yeah. Well, I'm pansexual. So I've dated people in transition. Like I've dated every spectrum of person I think that there is. If there's another one, come find me. I'm into it. I'll try it. Um but it's really hard for me because I am probably more attracted physically to women. Um, but like just my appearance, like everyone assumes I'm straight. Like even when I'm at gay events, I'm just like constantly like telling guys to fuck off and that they're like <laughs> killing my game right now. I'm like, get away from me. I know. Oh. I have the best gaydar for men, but none for women. <laughs> yeah. And then women are always like... Even when I meet a lesbian I like, I'm super shy and submissive. So, like, Aww. when I meet someone I don't like sexually that I like as a friend, though, like, I'm just whatever. But then when I meet someone I like, I, like, clam up and, like, knock things over. <laughs> and I'm really weird. And then I'm super submissive. So it's kind of like a turnoff for me to, like, hit on somebody. Gotcha. And so then it becomes this weird thing of they don't know I'm gay and I'm acting super fucking weird. <laughs> and then like six months into our friendship, they're like, oh, I had a crush on you, but I just thought you were straight. And then you're in this weird, like, well, we're friends now and that's over. That's so funny. And so it's kind of like this eternal struggle of like, if I was only more dominant, I'm sure I would crush the lesbian game. But yeah, I just like the second I actually like someone turn into a retarded person. Yeah, I don't know. Um, My boyfriend, like, I thought he was, like, the hottest guy ever, so I didn't speak to him for, like, months. (laughs) Like, literally, we'd see each other around at, like, social events, and I never said a word. Mm -hmm. So it took us, like, months to interact, but we finally did it. It was just, like, it just clicked, you know? Yeah. So funny. But he said that this gay guy, it was the weirdest thing. I forget exactly what happened, but... He was like making he was like coming onto my boyfriend, but it was a really subtle way. Like he went to shake my boyfriend's hand and put something in it. It was like I forget it was like a sugar packet or something. I'm messing this up. <laughs> no. But it was there was some like nonverbal sign, I yeah. think. And I was like, Eric's like, I think he was like trying to see if I was like on the low or something, you know? And he's like, yeah. he's like, what's this in my hand? Like, <laughs> it was like a weird moment for that. But like, he's like, what just happened? I think that's like a sign or well, something. Well, yeah, I was saying that lesbians need hand signals too because a lot of the countries I was in were are conservative. Like being gay is still not a thing that is openly that's accepted so and stuff. And there even was one country where like this woman was super fucking beautiful and we were like on a tour together and she was just like staring me down every time I looked at her. And I'm like, 
I don't know if you're gay, but if I think you're gay and you're not, like this could be a whole fucking yeah, thing that totally. I don't want to deal with there right must now. Be and I'm, some and I'm like, signals. I need some. I'm like, she's not gonna me, but I don't fucking know. And it was like there hilarious. must be like some sugar packet in the hand symbol yeah. that happens. Whatever the fuck that happened with Eric, but I'm sure there are some that I just don't know about. Yeah. Um. So we have a few minutes left, and you know we both work in the sex industry. Why do you think people hate whores so much? Oh, man. Well, because we're powerful. Like, we have totally. the power out of all the women. I mean, <laughs> honestly. It's like so, we've taken back the thing that they wanted so badly from us, and it feels great. Well, and I don't even think this is necessarily true, but I think our culture, like, has this standard of, like, men's weakness is sex, and that's their only weakness. Mm-hmm. And so when women are, like, strong and sexual, I think other women look at that, and they're like, oh, well, men can't help themselves and they're, Ugh. like, taking advantage of men and, like, this whole so stupid obnoxious. fucking thing. So obnoxious. I hate that mentality. And so it's that's just not like, real. That's not fucking real. Yeah, but I think it's, like, you know, that's what's portrayed in movies. Like, if a girl throws themselves at you, what, is, what are they supposed to do? They yeah. can't say no. <laughs> they, they can totally say themselves. no. Exactly. I've had, like, I a million guys false, reject me in real life and at the strip club. <sighs> who are, are like crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these men? But but for but you know what I mean? Like at the strip club, like I know good guys exist because I've had a million guys just be like, and maybe they're not being good guys because they're being kind of disrespectful to strippers, but they'll be like, I have a wife or I just got married. And it's like, okay, okay, I'm not trying to get you to cheat yeah. on your wife. I'm doing my, I'm here at the club doing my job. My job. But there's a middle ground. But I know that like guys can easily say no because they do. Oh, for know? sure. And that's what I was saying. It's a total myth. But I think that's like why women like hate on it because they're like, those are the girls that are going to have power over the men. And that's like... Like some voodoo witch. Yeah, it's like, for but sure. But that's not, they, they have freedom of choice and they can, sh- they can if use anything, it. If anything, we are the healers of men. I feel like that. At all. Like, if anything. And obviously not everywhere you go. Like, we have a very special group of girls where we work. Mm-hmm. And definitely I felt that same thing in Portland where I'm like, I'm fucking doing social work. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's because a lot of us are just good natured people who like give a lot of ourselves mm-hmm. when we talk to someone. And it can be as an empath. It can be a lot. It can be real draining. But, oh, sure. you know, it, you just have to recharge yourself and come mm-hmm. back. Um, so where can people find you and when's your podcast coming out? Uh, Perfect. Just, just, yeah, give out your stuff. Yeah. So my podcast is coming out the end of February. Uh, I don't have exact date yet cause I am, I want to give myself space to do it properly. For sure. Um, well, check out our social media and I'm sure. sure you'll post it. Yeah. So this podcast is going to be called social movements podcast. It's about cool. the ways that we as a group can move forward and what holds us back in the world. Just the different steps we can take science, research, technology, cool. Um, Very cool. charitable organizations, just all kinds of experts and stuff I'm talking to. So it's going to be super great. So check out like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook for social media podcast. That'll and be the name. What's your handle? And then at social media podcast. I'm just going to do the whole name. And then my personal uh, Instagram is probably the best way for people to find me. And it's at Miss Smashing, but it's MS Smashing. Miss Smashing. Because I hate Mrs. or Ms. I, you shouldn't be identified by whether you are married or not. The man no. in your life does not define you. So I exactly. think we should all be switching to MS. Yes. I think that's the way it should be. Yes. Mr. and Miss. Uh, smashing at Instagram. So, yeah. 
Fuck yeah. Thanks for coming on. You're so cool. I'm glad we finally got to explore your life on here. Okay, this is Casey Coop, and thank you for listening.